Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Okay, it was back in 2018 when Army Specialist Ezra Mayes served in Poland along with some of his friends. During an overnight training exercise, the tank in which he and his fellow mates stayed suddenly started rolling down the hill. Mayes was convinced it was part of the exercise or maybe some sort of prank and yelled to the driver to step on the brakes. But the driver... But when the driver replied that it wasn't him, Mayes realized they were all in big trouble. The tank was moving at 90 miles an hour and stopping it was impossible. We realized there was nothing else we could do and just held on, Mayes said about the accident. After a number of sharp bumps, the tank crashed into an, emb- into an embankment. Mayes flew across the machinery and got his leg caught in the turret gear. Initially, he believed his leg was just broken, and seeing his friends being severely injured with one breaking his back and another one bleeding profusely from a deep cut on her thigh, Mayes started twisting and turning his leg desperately trying to release himself so he can offer them help. And I'll tell you what happened to him at the end of the message. Are you a hypocrite? We looked at counterfeit Christians this morning, and we blasted some groups. And uh, tonight we're going to blast ourselves. We're going to take a we're going to take the mirror of God's word. And we're going to have it shine upon ourselves tonight. Uh, Ma- uh, Mark chapter sixteen, verse number fifteen. Let's read this. The Bible says, it's so simple, so simple. And he said unto them, this is Jesus saying this, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're not, to, uh, we're not out preaching social justice. We're not out preaching political reform, overthrowing the government. We're not out doing friendship evangelism, which basically is you go around and you make friends with people, you just never tell them that Jesus died for their sins. And then hopefully they eventually come around and get it. Are you for that or against that? I'm for making friends. I'm for friendship evangelism if we actually tell them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right? So, are you for it or against it? Well, both. We have to define these things. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our clear, clear command. Man, Brother Jimmy, you keep harping on the same thing. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. If we don't centralize around the main theme, we will get so derailed that we will not be able to build a steady and sturdy foundation. 
If somebody asks me a question on the street, well, what do you think about angels? Well, what do you think about... I think about them. Obviously, you're thinking about them. But I try to gear it back to the gospel. If we answer everybody's question, but we never tell them the impending doom is coming upon them, you can get someone to quit drinking. You can get someone to quit doing drugs. You can get someone to clean up their life. And they're still lost. I'm not saying don't answer people's questions. I'm not saying don't give them truth. What I'm saying is our clear command is we must preach the gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know it's so hard to slam these modern megachurches that are doing all these you know, worldly marketing to get people in. But are we as true to the commands that God gave us that we should be. I want to be able to tell people about Jesus. I want you to be able to tell people about Jesus. And I want when others come in, for them to get that fire. Yeah. Why don't we go out and knock on some doors? Yeah, why don't we go out and try to pass some tracks out? Yeah, why don't we go out and... It's a beautiful thing. Children, you are creatures. <laughs> every creature. Go in all the world, preach the gospel of every creature. You know, it's a doctrine of creation right there. A creature is a created thing. You're the next generation of creatures. <laughs> and we need you we don't need everybody to be a missionary. We don't need everybody to be a preacher. We don't need everybody to be a, a, a wife of a preacher. But we need every Christian to follow the command and preach the gospel to the creatures that God puts in front of you. Who God puts in front of you is going to be different than who God puts in front of me. Are you doing that? Now I gave some examples of scheduled ministries don't forget most most of my best conversations have come from unscheduled ministry i wasn't planning on going downtown i wasn't planning on going to a public event to pass tracks out but i just met somebody the next thing you know conversation opens up don't forget about those opportunities First Thessalonians, let's grab that. First Thessalonians, chapter number five. Verse number ten. Uh, verse number nine, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, 
we should live together with him. Wherefore, watch this, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also ye do. None of, I want, please, just hear me out. None of us are going to be at the jig head. None of us are going to be at Spanky's on Friday night. None of us are going to be at Hooligans on Saturday night drinking the devil's brew. We're not doing that. None of us are going to go out and kill anybody. <laughs> so there's a part of us that says, yeah, I got this thing figured out. I'm a pretty good Christian. So that's why I want us to look at these verses. Look, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Do we do that? This is a positive command that God has given us. If we disobey that command, we are just as hypocritical as the hypocrites that we slam for doing all the stuff that God says don't do. <laughs> we need to do the things that God tells us to do. Look at this. And we beseech you, brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love. I just want to be loved. <laughs> for, for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. All of us should be at peace one to another. And what does everybody want? This is... <laughs> Kelly, has a, Kelly, Kelly has these answers better than I do because he's much older than I am. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in an experienced way. Sister Connie, same thing. Sister Caroline, same thing. People that have already had a life full of experience and a life, and a life full of drama and a life full of, what are you doing that for now, knucklehead? <laughs> get to the point where they realize people just want a few things in life. They just want to be happy and they just want to be loved. <laughs> Those are the two things that people want. They just want to love their grandkids. They just want to love their kids. They just want them to be happy. Shouldn't we do that as a local New Testament body of believers? I mean, it's not like God tells us that. <laughs> Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward the people that are nice to you. Except that's not patience. Be patient toward all men. That's tough. That's a tough command to keep. But I don't want to be a hypocritical Christian. So I want to try best I can to do this verse. Look at verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And now God gives us three verses that are simple that every Christian disobeys. Rejoice evermore. We like to complain. Pray without ceasing. I'd rather mumble and grumble about the person that did me wrong rather than pray for him, quite honestly. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. But I don't want to give thanks in everything. 
I don't want it to rain tomorrow. I want to go out and play in the sun. I don't want my flight to be delayed on Friday. I want it to be on time, and when I get to the gate, I want to get my seat, and I don't want to be bothered by somebody. I don't want to sit down with someone that's got all this cologne and perfume on, and I end up having an allergy attack, and i got to pop two Benadryls that when I look in my bag, I realize I forgot them. It's too late. My face is swelling up. I don't want to give thanks and everything. I don't. I want to punch somebody in the neck sometimes. But God says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm not a strange will of God doctrine guy. That, Like Brother Kelly was saying, well, whatever will be, will be. Well, if you make dumb decisions, that's not God's will for you. To stand, Like he said, to stand out in the street. That's not God's will for your life. Here's God's will for your life. In everything, give thanks. There's a bit more to it than that, but in the context of tonight, do you want to be in God's will? Preacher, brother, sister, I just want to make sure I'm in God's will. Okay, well, do you give thanks in everything? Well, no. Okay, well, then you're not in God's will. Well, why not? Well, because that's what it says clearly. What do we do to get in God's will? The first thing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now watch what it says. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's Harry Potter. That's Mickey Mouse with, with, with the witch's hat. That's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's all this pop culture that's going on. God says, in the context of giving thanks and His will, here's some things that I want you to prove. Here's some things I want you to hold fast to. Here's some things I want you to abstain from. How do you know if you're in God's will? Is it good? If you want your children to be in God's will, especially when they start getting 10, 11, 12, is this a good thing, son? Is this a good thing, daughter? That helps guide them into the will of God. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Yeah, Dad, I'm going to go to this party. Some of the boys smoke cigarettes, and I think that their dad has a liquor cabinet, but I don't want to smoke, and I'm not going to drink. Can I go? Um, how about no? <laughs> Why? Because I want you to learn how to line yourself up with God's will, and I want you to abstain from the appearance of evil. You might not ever drink, but it appears like not such a good idea. Most young people don't have the I really believe that every 18-year-old should do two things. Go to boot camp 
and join Amway. <laughs> I really do. Because boot camp is going to toughen them up and it's going to get them to deal with somebody with bad breath yelling in their face, telling them to shut up and do more push-ups. And they're going to have to deal with it without having mommy coddle them. And they should join Amway so that they can learn how to deal with all the rejection and all the tomfoolery that goes around with that. And that's going to give them some backbone. Because <laughs> people are going to laugh at them. People are going to tell them, what are you trying to, you, you don't make any money, what are you doing? And they're going to have to deal with rejection, rejection, rejection. I say that half serious, half kidding, because to line ourselves up with God's will, we need some spiritual gumption. We need a bit of a spiritual, uh, Kelly, what do they call them in boot camp? A, a, dr a, drill, a drill, sar drill sergeant. We need a spiritual drill sergeant. So we line up with God's will. Now, let's see if we can wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says, verse 25, brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an, with an holy kiss. So if you want to really be in God's will, you, you, have to, you have to greet the brethren with an holy kiss. Which, uh, he, he, I'll, I'll use my son. Here, here's what the holy kiss was. Come here. I, 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 need, I need you. I need somebody. Okay, in in those times, in those times, the the holy kiss basically face me here, was basically when they greeted each other, this way. That was the holy kiss. There was nothing gross or inappropriate or immoral about it. Uh, now that was a cultural thing back then. We. Greetings are different in different cultures. And when I went to South Korea back in uh, the mid-90s, we were schooled on what to do and what not to do. And one of the things you do not want to do is put your hand out to shake somebody's hand. It would be considered completely rude and inappropriate. Instead, it was a bow of the head was a way of greeting that person. The other thing you didn't want to do is you did not want to go into one of the restaurants with your shoes on. Now, certain ones you could, but there was clearly certain ones that you could not. You would take your shoes off. You would leave them at the door. So as not to be rude. In American culture, we shake hands, we give a fist bump, we do all of that. And God wants us to greet our brethren appropriately appropriately all right a couple more verses let's go to second corinthians chapter 9 and acts chapter 20. second corinthians chapter 9 and acts chapter 20. i know these are simple things and i know these are truths that we all know I'm trying to help remind myself and all of us that we need to actually do these things. 
2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7, the Bible says, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. People nowadays are so uh, untrusting, really, of, of people that they think all, all preachers are just in it for the money. Half of them don't make any money <laughs> or very, very meager means. Now, these guys you see on TV, Creflo Dollar and all, and all these fakers, paint the brush so broad that a lot of Christians get a bad name because of this junk that we see on TV and hear on the radio. Those guys are phonies. True biblical Christians, true Bible preachers, they're not in it for the money. They do not want you here for the money. And we do all that we can to not make a big to-do about emotional appeals for money. That's why we put an offering box in the back. Rarely where you'll hear me mention money. It is mentioned quite a lot in the Bible. But God does not want us to be hypocritical in this area. He loves a cheerful giver. We should want to give to God's work cheerfully. Cheerfully. And Brother Kelly did touch on this a, a bit in Sunday school lesson, which I thought was great. Um, people give to what they value. They spend a lot of money on cars, a lot of money on sports tickets, a lot of money on cell phone bills, a lot of money on data, more data for their phone, a lot of money on the for internet service, and very, very little for God's work. God wants us to give to His work cheerfully, and you won't. And, and I, you won't hear from me ever, Lord willing, making emotional appeals and trying to tweak people's emotions to get them to, to do something. I want to give them God's word. The men that preach the Bible from this pulpit are going to do the same thing. They're going to give people God's word. We want people to give because they want to give. And when we were looking at a reflection of our own life, let's give because we want to. It, we, God loves people that are cheerful in their giving. Acts chapter 20. Let's go back there. And look what it says. Acts chapter 20, verse number 27. This is tough. I'm just telling you right now. This verse right here makes me a hypocrite. I don't want to be that way. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, look at it. For I have not shunned, that means I have not avoided, to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I try to. I don't want to be a one or two or three hobby horse preacher. Well, it's a Baptist church. You preach salvation, tithing, and then tithing again. <laughs> 
I don't want to be a hobby horse guy. I want to give you all the counsel of God. I want to go through all of the Bible. And then when we get on something, when we go through the Word, we hit it. We don't avoid it because we don't want to offend somebody. That's why you've heard me say, I'm not going to get on the money kick again, but I don't know who gives what, and I don't want to know who gives what. But along those lines, I kind of don't want to know what people do either. <laughs> what they do. Because I don't want to know and then not be able to preach for it or against it or on it or shy away from the verse. because It's, it's hard. It's hard. Life is hard. You want to give all of God's counsel. Fire it out there from God's Word. Don't avoid it. The men that preach the Bible, if you're on a lesson and you get to a verse and you think, nah, I'm going to skip over that. I'll go to the next verse. Nobody will know. <laughs> well, now we'll know. <laughs> we don't want to shun you or avoid verses because we're afraid it's going to offend you. Now, I'll say it again. I shouldn't be trying to offend you. But if God's Word is going to offend you and I shy away from it, I am being hypocritical according to that verse. We were talking about this the other day. Look, there's this morning, the whole church could be amening. Great sermon. That was great. Next Sunday, the next thing you know, we're on a verse that everybody's like, oh, that hurt. And you're under conviction. And then the next week you're rejoicing. And the next week you hate the preacher's guts because he just hit something real hard and now you're under conviction again. But isn't that kind of the way it ought to be? <clears throat> Every day isn't a Friday. We should preach all the counsel of God. Last passage, we'll go to, um, we'll go to Matthew chapter 5. And we'll finish in Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 20. For I say unto you, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. We talked earlier. No one's going to go kill anybody. Boys, did you, you, when you went and played down the park today or during the week, did you punch anybody in the mouth? No. None of the adults here, we never killed anybody. But in your heart, have you ever had that feeling about somebody? God says, you're in danger of the judgment. It's murder in your heart. Let's not be hypocritical. Let's try to check our hearts in that area. Now go down to verse 27. 
Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her in his heart. Young boys need to pay attention because the world wants to get you distracted by putting things in front of you. They're going to mess you up. And all that's going to start to make sense when you're about 13. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes. Ladies, young girls, you have to start paying attention to the way boys look. And all that's going to start making sense when you're about 13 years old. But God says He does not want us to be hypocritical Christians. Our eyes... And our thoughts and our heart, he says it's equal to murder and it's equal to adultery. These are hard issues. Let's go down to verse number 37. But, oh boy. But let your communication be, yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than the, these cometh of evil. Is it yay or is it nay? Let's learn to be yay or nay. We got to be upfront. Don't, well, I'm not sure. I'm not, yeah, yeah. Somebody wants you to get involved with something. Nay, not doing it. Not good for me. Just be forthright, upfront, and man up. Don't be like the pendulum. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. I'm talking to a Christian, I'll be a Christian. I'm talking to my worldly friends, I'll be worldly. People do this. They mask. That's what hypocrites do. They mask. Be real. Be real. Go down to verse number 40. We'll wrap it up. Here's what you can do if any man will sue thee at the law. And take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. You do that in the wintertime, and you're a real Christian. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Miles a long way to, to hike, go two. Go the extra mile. All these things are simple things that will help us check our hearts and not be hypocritical Christians. Verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Tough one to do. Lastly, verse 46 and 47. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Let's try to check our hearts. Did you get something out of that? I did. That was helpful. That helped me. The study helped me. Now look. Army specialist Ezra Maez. He's twisting his leg trying to release himself. And the next moment, he was free. But he lost his leg. He explained, I pushed and pulled at my leg as hard as I could 
to get loose and felt a sharp tear. I thought I had dislodged my leg. But when I moved away, my leg was completely gone. This happened in 2018, by the way. Despite losing a lot of blood that was pouring from his leg heavily, this brave soldier managed to get a medical kit and grab a tourniquet. He pulled his leg off and he's bleeding profusely and he wraps it with a tourniquet. He couldn't think of the pain or the leg he lost as the lives of the fellow soldiers rested on his shoulders. His army mates are going to die. So he pulls his leg off to save them. Luckily, one of the phones was still working. And Maez was able to call for help that soon came to the place of the accident. All I could think about was no one knows we're down here, he continued. Either I step up or we all die. So after he makes the phone call, Maez was quickly rushed to the nearest hospital and later transferred to Ludstuhl Regional Medical Center in Germany. But here's the best part. I feel super blessed, he said. You lost your leg. And when interviewed, he says, I feel super blessed. My crew all does. So many things could have gone wrong. (laughs) So many things could have gone wrong. You're in a runaway tank. It hits an embankment. Your mates are dying. You lose your leg. And he says so many other things could have gone wrong besides my leg. We all walked away pretty much unscathed. (laughs) This world thinks that this man is a crazy psychopath when he talks like that. But it's the sacrificial love that he had for his mates Sergeant Maez is an exceptional person who sacrificed losing a part of his body for the sake of his fellow soldiers' lives. He deserves the whole country's deepest respect. I'm going to circle back to what I said at the beginning of the message. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And this man should be hailed with deepest respect for what he did. He should. Jesus Christ bled out and died on a cross for you and for me. And we should hail him up with the respect and the admiration that he deserves. And for the love of God, let's get the gospel out to a world that is dying and that needs him. Our mates are dying, our fellow mankind are dying. We need to have the mind of Army Specialist Ezra Maez and be willing to sacrifice our comfort, be willing to sacrifice our finances, be willing to sacrifice people making fun of us or mocking us for the sake of the gospel. Let's do that this week. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have 
both of our legs to walk with. Thank you that you've given us health. Thank you, Lord, that we have immune systems that can fight off when we get a sniffle, a cold, the flu. Thank you, Lord, for all the comfort that you've provided for us. Help us to love your word more than we love our comfort. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.